Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Coming up in this week's episode... Some green behind the ears novice with a bug up his cassock. And you know what he wants to know? No. He wants to know what I'm doing about this company's spiraling VD rate. No. No. Sorry. Well, that's a barrel of bushwhop, Audrey. They can't make a priest responsible for the VD problem. Unless they believe in the theory of immaculate infection. Writer Karen Hall talks about her time working on the seminal US comedy series MASH and breakthrough drama Hill Street Blues. And... Lo siento, Maria. Es que no puedo firmar una hipoteca 30 años contigo. No puedo. No sé 30 años. Leticia Delera creator and star of Cannes series competition-winning Spanish comedy drama Perfect Life, discusses the show. That's all coming up in a moment, but first, a rundown of some of the news from C21 Media this week. Former US President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle unveiled the inaugural projects they're making for Netflix through the production company they set up last year. The Obama's Higher Ground Productions will release a string of documentaries, children's shows and dramas touching on issues of race, class, democracy, civil rights and more. Among the initial slate is a documentary called The Fifth Risk, Undoing Democracy, based on the book by the big short author Michael Lewis. And Bloom, a drama set in New York City after the Second World War and exploring the challenges of women of colour working in the fashion industry. Hulu ordered Nine Perfect Strangers, a drama starring Nicole Kidman and based on a novel by Big Little Lies author Leanne Moriarty. The Disney-controlled US streamer stole the show at the digital content new fronts in New York, bringing out stars including George Clooney, Margot Robbie and Chrissy Teigen to promote new series including a pair of Marvel live-action dramas. The company also revealed it now has 28 million subscribers, narrowing the gap on Netflix in the US and claiming to be the fastest growing SVOD service in the territory. In the UK, writer and director Peter Kuzminski and acclaimed producer Colin Callender called for a levy to be imposed on international streamers operating in the country. Appearing before a House of Lords inquiry into public service broadcasting in the VOD age, Kuzminski and Callender, who teamed on the BBC's Wolf Hall, said the UK should follow examples in France and Germany, where overseas streamers are required to pay a percentage of their revenues into a pot that gets reinvested in PSBs. Warner Brothers, Nordic Entertainment Group and Endeavour Content were among those to take stakes in Picture Start, a new production company set up by former Lionsgate executive Eric Feig. Feig, who was behind movies The Hunger Games, Twilight and La La Land, as well as YouTube's Step Up, said Picture Start would focus on creating, co-financing and producing shows that tell transformative stories. Finally, transforming from Lionsgate to Warner Media was Jennifer O'Connell, who jumped ship from her position as head of alternative at the former to become executive VP of original non-fiction and kids at AT&T's new content arm. Susanna Makos from Fox joins Warner Media at the same time, arriving as vice president of comedy and animation. Those are just some of the highlights from C21 Media this week. Karen Hall got her first big break in television on the classic US comedy series MASH. She went on to work with Stephen Bochco on hit police drama Hill Street Blues and her many subsequent credits include Moonlighting, Roseanne, Judging Amy and The Good Wife. 
she sat down with Michael Picard, editor of C21's Drama Quarterly magazine, to talk about her career and craft. My first job was a freelance episode of MASH. And I got it because I had met Alan Alda earlier and he had read a play, a one-act play that I wrote and really liked it. So he told me to keep sending my work to him. So I did. And uh, he told the producer about me, the executive producer. And so they had me come in and pitch and I pitched, I think, six episodes and they ended up buying two, which at the time I didn't realize was a big deal. It's like, why didn't you buy the other four? But then I've spent decades, you know, listening to people pitch, and if they have one that sells, it's miraculous. So I wrote that episode, and then off of that, I was offered a, a staff job on a show called Eight is Enough. So I went and did that for a year, and then that show died, and MASH asked me to come back as a staff writer. So I went back there, and I was there for the final two years. You know, to start on a show of that caliber was just mind-boggling and to the point that when my agent called to tell me they were offering me the staff job I tried to turn it down because I said it's mesh they'll fire me in a week and he said well if they do you'll live off of it for the rest of your career so that made sense so I went and I kept waiting for them to fire me but they never did um, I, I you know learned a lot of what I know about comedy from that show when I went to write for um, Hill Street Blues and I actually had called Stephen Bochco to say when I'm done here I would love to come write for your show. Now I understand why I reacted to that show the way that I did uh, but I wasn't articulate about it until many years later. I just knew that I loved that whenever I watched an episode I wanted to watch it three more times because I hadn't gotten everything the first time. And, you know, I guess that, that made me feel smart. <laughs> I'm smart. If I watch this three times, I can understand it. Um, but um, it, in terms of really understanding what had gone before and what came after, uh, I don't think we would have what cable is today without that show. You know, the fact that the cops grabbed a magazine and went to the toilet was a, a big deal in those days. You know, and, and everything that was just really realistic and gritty. And when I was writing for Hill Street Blues, uh, Mary Tyler Moore Production Company was, they really understood that writers were why there were good shows. And they would talk, they'd seek out the best and, and you know, compensate them the way they should be. And, and we had just total freedom, pretty much. Um, and as the years have gone by, that's changed. It has really changed since the 2008 writer's strike. That became the point where a network executive's note was no longer a suggestion. But anything that becomes a restriction for writers becomes a challenge to make the restriction work. If I get a note and I, I don't like it, but I have to do it, then it's like an exercise in creativity to figure out how to do it in a way that doesn't make me wretch. It's wonderful to me that there are five, over 500 scripted series because it's more work for writers and, and that's great. Um, at the beginning, I missed the feeling of uh, it being, you know, I, I love the concept of we used to tell stories around a campfire, you know, and everyone sat and listened. And when there were three networks, it still felt like that. You know, I'd drive to work in the morning and hear the DJs talking about what happened on Moonlighting last night. So it still felt that way. And so when I got to the point that I'd tell somebody what I was working on and they'd never heard of it, First, that was depressing, but then I shifted my thinking and started thinking, you know, television shows are going to be like books. You know, there's a million of them, and you've heard of 25, um, and so you work really hard to be the 25 that someone's heard of. But the still, you know, every book is, is 
Yeah, most books are good. Karen Hall talking about her career in a C21 TV interview you can watch now in full on our site. Also on the video carousel is an interview with Leticia Dolera, writer, star and director of Perfect Life, a female-driven comedy drama for Spain's Movie Star Plus, which collected awards for Best Series and Special Performance at the 2019 Cannes Series International TV Festival earlier this year. Here's an extract from that. For the show, it's about three women that are looking for their place in life and a perfect life which is something pretty impossible to achieve, actually. And that perfection, uh, for women especially, it's an ideal that it's very hard to, to really maintain. And through the show, I explore through different aspects of that supposed, that supposed perfection, uh, which, is, which are the superwoman role model, a woman that's a great mom, a great wife, She's a, a great lover, a great friend. She's very good at her work and she's happy and she has to feel realized with this. And, and I, I talk about how stressful that can be and that sometimes you, even if you are there, you're that supposed superwoman, something can be missing. That's Christina. Then through Esther, I wanted to talk about what success is and how hard sometimes is to accept that uh, you cannot be successful. Um, in this case, Esther, it's a painter. And so I, I talk about this success or not success in the artistic life. Maria, she has a, she's a control freak. She wants to control everything. She knows she, she's with uh, her boyfriend of always. She knows she's gonna have two kids. She knows the names. Uh, she wants to have a house and a, and a dog and a, a life that she can control and have organized. And at the beginning of the first episode, she, her, her, her boyfriend decides to end the relationship in the moment they're gonna buy that house together. And so she finds out that this castle that she had built for herself just goes down. And she wants to do a crazy thing, something that she's never done. So she has sex with a person she, does, she, she doesn't know, and she gets pregnant. And it turns out that the man she gets pregnant by is a man with an intellectual disability. I had the feeling that this project and these characters had to be in a series because I wanted to have time to explore their own trip and their emotions. And I wanted to talk about so many things that the structure of a series was, it was more, um, I mean, it, it gave me the, the, the things I needed. In, in a movie, I, I couldn't explore all the things I wanted to explore. And um, it's been a change. It's been a pretty big change because, uh, yeah, doing a, a TV show, it's like doing five movies in a row. Letitia Dora talking about perfect life. That's all we have time for in this week's episode, but there's plenty more to explore on C21 Media, including our new pro report into US programming trends, delving into the ongoing standoff between writers and agents in Hollywood, and the impact that this and the studios stocking up their own global SVOD services may well have for international buyers attending this year's LA screenings. 
For that and the rest of the stories from the worldwide television business, follow C21 online, on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks for listening.